0: Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Well, today I have a guest that is here for her love of education and helping people. So Manika Prem Singh, um, originally from India, has a master's in economics and a BA in economics um, and has studied the Indian School of Business. Um, she had worked nearly for four years um, as a writer, an investment writer for The Motley Fool um and has worked for multiple clients um as a public speaker and an economist um, and sector analyst and currently an investment content specialist for circa 5000 so she's going to be talking to us today about how long is this cost of living crisis going to last and we're going to be talking about all things the economy the cost of living and should we be optimistic or pessimistic about that future? So I'm looking forward to getting chatting to Manika. Welcome. And thank you so much for your time today. Um, now, make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, because I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Is it Monika? It's Manika. yes. Manika. I got it right. Amazing. Yes, I always try to make a point of making sure I pronounce names correctly, because I am quite terrible at it. Thank
1: um, you.
0: So tell us something a little bit about yourself obviously you're here for, for really as a favour for me which is such a lovely thing for you to come and do um, to help um, share knowledge with our listeners around what is going on in the economy at the moment and I think it's such a important subject that people only really resonate with when it's really hitting the pockets and it's, it's affecting everybody right now um But I think it's such a relevant conversation when it comes to financial planning and the bigger picture that if for people to understand, well, how long is it going to last and why we're here. But before we get into all of that, tell me a little bit about something about yourself that maybe a you know a, a random LinkedIn person that's contacted you. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and um, yeah, I wouldn't know from LinkedIn.
1: So uh, first, thank you so much for having me here.
0: Oh no, I really appreciate it. The
1: the real reason I'm really glad to be here is because I believe in creating greater economic equality for women and you are doing a great job in that in particular.
0: Thank you so much.
1: And that actually ties in with what might be somewhat interesting about me, that I am passionate about women's causes and I would like to see nothing more than to see women succeed, especially considering the country that I come from, mm. which, um, which is India, where some of the numbers, um, some of the social statistics, some of the population statistics are not favorable towards uh, women. And uh, we have a long way to go, both in the developed world and in emerging economies and, and in emerging countries. Let's put it like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and anything that I as a woman can do, uh, who has had opportunities and seen what an independent life can bring, uh, I would like anything to do to help. Otherwise- oh,
0: amazing. I love that. I t- and, and was it a big transition for you then when you when you moved? Because you studied in India, right? Yes. So when you came to England, was it a big culture shock for you? Well, you know,
1: because of India's past history, hmm. it actually wasn't. Okay. Because there's a lot of familiarity. Um, including uh, being well versed with the English language. Sure. Um, so well, things that are bad in the history can be good in the present. Let's. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I...
0: Exactly. I I know exactly what you're saying. Right. Yes. Um, from a cultural perspective, just on the equality of women, was it? Did you, did, you, did you? Was it better in, in India than it, obviously
1: maybe when you was much younger? Has it has it changed over the years? Do you think? Oh well, yeah, of course, it has definitely changed. But I also have had um, the privilege to be born uh, uh, in a a big metropolitan city where the culture tends to be a little more advanced and be born to parents who were enlightened enough to not discriminate between boys and girls. Which is, which is still a big problem, right? Women's wow. educational attainment can yeah. get challenged because uh, boys' uh, attainment is more important or is considered more It's important. crazy.
0: It just, I just still find that mentality crazy, even in this day. And age. But I know it obviously still happens. It still
1: exists, yes.
0: <clears throat> I mean, not to get involved with the Taliban, but I was recently, they've just stopped um, girls up to a certain age, secondary school girls. Um, going for secondary school education, and these girls are devastated because they want to be doctors, they want to be nurses, they want to be have a profession. They don't want to just, you know, be, you know, mothers and give birth. They want to do more. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, 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 just, I still see that culture there. For example, in in the extreme example, um, and it just it just blows my mind that that's still going on in this day and age. Really does
1: yes but i think i think we are making progress and the more we put ourselves out there the more progress can be made
0: totally so so
1: much once again
0: no i really appreciate it so let's get into this juicy subject of the the cost of living so let's start with not necessarily how long it's going to be around for let's just start with what why what how has this happened why why are we where we are
1: right so um the cost of living crisis is associated with what we call inflation. Now what is inflation? That is a number that gets thrown around a lot these days. Uh, what is inflation? Inflation is nothing but the change in prices over time. So when prices uh, so typically prices increase either every single month, every single quarter, which is three months, or every single year. Um, And the level of change in these prices is called inflation. Now, there might be times when prices actually decline and that is called deflation, but that is relatively rare. Typically we are focusing on inflation. Now, as far as inflation is concerned, um, the the point to remember is that there is always some inflation in the economy and that is that is that is for good reason because a small price increase means that more companies will want to produce goods and services more people can get employed there is more incentive to produce essentially and keep the economy growing uh, which might not exist if it does if there is no inflation now the problem arises when inflation rises so fast that people are not able to afford even the basic goods and services, which we are seeing right now, like if, if you look at our energy bills, I know from my own experience that it has risen significantly over the past couple of months or so. Um, and um, if, if price, and, and, and these are not expenses that you can do away with. I mean, it's not, like, it's not like a drink in the pub that I can just not have, right, if I wanted to. This is something that I need for my day-to-day existence. Mm-hmm. So, um, if, if the prices are rising, then that means I have to be—I have to cut down on my expenses in other areas of my life, right? Uh, so
0: when it comes to and an gas and electric, particularly, yes,
1: um,
0: obviously, this is down to oil prices being more expensive, primarily. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, <clears throat> the the oil companies are reporting massive profits yes and I, I saw something the other day where it was i don't know how true this was but this guy filled up a like a hundred pound tank of uh, petrol in his car right and majority of the money like only i don't know I think it was like seven or eight pounds went to the forecourt of the owner of the of that particular petrol station um and about 20 30 pounds went in actually the cost of the diesel itself and the rest of it was on taxes so we're seeing that they're they're not cutting taxes around petrol prices the large corporates aren't passing over their profits and reducing the costs of living for people It, it feels like a bit of a forced economy rather than just because of inflation? right? Am I missing something?
1: Right, so I don't know the details of this particular example and the breakup of uh, the- Yeah, cost. no,
0: sure, it's quite, it's quite complex, right? And that's part of the right. problem. There's many elements to it.
1: Right, but I, I do, um, um, uh, what I will say is energy prices have risen significantly because oil prices have been on the rise, not yeah. just this year. But uh, since, um, uh, since a while now, over a year mm. now, since we started seeing the pandemic, um, uh, uh, after the pandemic, when the lockdowns were over, since yeah. that we have been seeing a rise in oil prices, now one of the problems has been, wh- why they've been so high, is that OPEC, which is the um, oil exporting countries um, organization, it, uh, it has, uh, its uh, uh, its production has remained below pre-pandemic levels. Now, this is just supply and demand. After mm-hmm. the lockdowns, they were not expecting demand to increase as much as it did. And uh, the supply was not as much. So prices increased. Um, so that has been one of the biggest reasons. But you know, oil prices is just one thing. The, the bigger problem is the second round effects of oil prices. So by second round effects, I mean that oil prices are actually a cost for many companies. So for instance, if I get a Tesco grocery delivery, which I do often, um, the, uh, they will have to pay something for, uh, uh, for fueling their own trucks. Mm-hmm. So that, that is a cost in itself. Yeah. you can start charging higher on the margin for that. And that yeah. is exactly what happens every time we get a delivery, or every time goods are delivered to the stores. Yeah. Um, there is there is a cost element relating to energy involved there, and of course yeah. to run offices and warehouses and uh, retail shops, you need mm. you need that.
0: That's so very true. My 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 little sh- local shop, the family that run it are absolutely lovely, and they were saying that their gas, their electric bill, bill because obviously they have fridges and things in in the shop. Um, in the summer, it usually goes down. But obviously, it hasn't this year. Normally, it's about seven hundred pound a month, which I think is quite a lot still for a little shop. Yeah, um, and it's closer to two thousand just for this little local shop.
1: Right. Yeah. So that that is that is a reflection of the level of um, costs that are increasing now. If we add to this the fact that people already have less money to pay now, yeah, they will buy less from the shop. So it gets squeezed from both ends, yeah. not only that its costs higher, its revenues are potentially either growing lesser or they are, they are actually lesser,
0: Yeah.
1: right? Which means that its own income is declining as well. So
0: taking it back a step for a second, mm-hmm. what has caused this fast pace of inflation? So like we, it was increasing anyway, but right. why has it gone so high as it is now?
1: Right, so inflation, typically what what drives price increases? Uh, uh, Let me get to the very basics. That is, typically, that is just a difference between supply and demand. When demand is significantly higher than supply, then uh, there is inflation. The more the demand and the less the supply, the higher is going to be the inflation level, Right. right? Now, there are a few reasons besides energy, that have uh, resulted in this. One of them is, um, is the fact that there have been supply chain challenges,
0: Yeah.
1: right? Some of them are stemming from China. For instance, yep. China and its zero COVID policy till very recently has meant that Chinese supply chains have been disrupted. And China is actually the factory for the world now. Yeah. Right? Uh, especially in many parts of the Western world, they are very services-oriented economies. While China is very, very manufacturing driven, and it exports a lot, a lot of production takes place. So if at the point of production, uh, there is less delivery, then we have a serious challenge. And now on top of that, this year, we had the war between yeah. Russia and Ukraine. Between yeah. the two of them, the countries are export 30%, if I'm not wrong, of the world's wheat.
0: Yeah, that's right, Ukraine does, yeah, which is amazing. It's crazy, right?
1: Right. And of course, Russia also is an energy biggie. And yeah. if you shun Russia's energy supplies, that also increases um, energy, prices. Uh, energy prices. Now, uh, also, again, now wheat is, uh, is used to, to produce many other foods, right? Your processed yeah. foods, your baking yeah. products. Um, so uh, the, those prices will also start rising. So between energy and food, we have seen a serious rise in inflation because right. there have been blocks on the supply side.
0: So it's a combination really of the knock and effect of COVID and the pandemic. Yes. Um, alongside what's happened um with Russia and Ukraine. It's a combination of the two.
1: Right. Really
0: bad timing, or in Putin's probably view, very good timing, um, possibly. Um so we don't know how long this is going to go on for. From, uh, to officially, if I, tell me if I'm wrong here. So for us to be in a recession, we need two cons- consecutive quarters of high inflation. And we have had that so far as of the 1st of July. So are we officially in a recession as of now?
1: Well, um, a, a recession, um... So uh, the latest quarterly numbers for the Jan to March 2022 period, they show a 0.7% increase in growth in the UK economy. Right. Actually, does not sound all that bad. But what we have, when we look at the more granular monthly data, what we find is that for the last couple of months, um, the economy, which is measured by the GDP, uh, is that something that you'd like me to explain? Yes, please. Okay, so the so the uh, GDP is nothing but the income generated. Very simply put, the income generated um, uh, by all uh, uh, by everybody who's participating in the economy. So, for instance, you you generate an income, I generate an income. If we if we add up all these incomes, including including incomes of companies, uh, which is essentially their profits, um, then we get the GDP. It, it, this is a very very simplified way of putting it, but I think. The fine. I
0: like simple. <laughs> yes.
1: So it, it puts the point across. So now what happens is when this income or this GDP starts falling, that means we are earning less than we were, what we were doing before. Right. Right? And if that happens for two quarters in a row, um, then we are officially in a recession. Okay. But even before that, let me get into some technicals here because I think they're essential is that we could get into a very dangerous situation, which is called stagflation. What is stagflation? High inflation, as you were saying. And now for at least the past year, we have had inflation that is above what the regulators are comfortable with, which is that their comfort limit is 2%. And we have been around that level for the last year. And um, growth is slowing which means we can see a period of high inflation, low growth, which is called stagflation, which is good for no one. No. Right? Uh, because how do we get out of that, of that situation? Uh, how do people survive and thrive? Yeah. Uh, after that. So that is, that is the big question. Thankfully, we are not quite there yet. So okay. we, we still have a lot of hope. Okay. Yes. We're
0: not officially in a recession yet.
1: No, not, thankfully
0: not. Thankfully not. Um, where so, so how long do you think this could go on for? What do you think? I mean, the governments are making some steps to help people with the cost of living, especially those that are households earning under certain thresholds. Yeah. Um, but even those who are, are higher earners, they're still feeling it. They're having to spend less in certain areas, but they're still comfortable.
1: Yes.
0: Um, so how long could this go on for? Um, and do you think the measures that the government are putting in could help? Um,
1: I think, um, there is definitely room for optimism. I'm always optimistic. And, um, if we look at past history of even periods that have seen high inflation, very low growth, we have always come out of those periods. And I, I, I am, I am very convinced that, um, Sooner or later, we will too. And there are some very uh, uh, good reasons to believe in that. So if I look at Bank of England's own forecast, it mm. actually expects in another couple of years, inflation to be back at 2%. Yeah. But next year, it's already going to be at half of where it is now. Right. Uh, so we have, so there is, if that is, the, these are the projections, I mean, we might not be there
0: by the 1st of January, but.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. but over time, we will, we, we should be able to get there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also on the ground, we are seeing some uh, improvements. So China supply chains, for instance, uh, they have already started-
0: Improving, uh, yeah.
1: Started, and that should, that should ease a, a fair bit of pressure. Yeah. Uh, uh, oil production is increasing. Yeah. Um, so these are, these are two big factors. The third, the third big reason was, um, of course, the Russia Ukraine war. We don't know how long that lasts. No. Um, but also, um, as much as we would like it to end yesterday, uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, the world will find its way around the challenges posed at an economic level by Yeah. Them,
0: okay? yeah.
1: Um, so that should also ease some of the concerns.
0: Yeah. So do you think that, you know, to maybe, I mean, they're, they're talking about by the end of the first quarter of next year, that once we're out of sort of the worst of the winter, so by March kind of next year, that things should should start to ease off. Is that what you're sort of saying,
1: roughly, maybe? I think next year, this time, we could be looking at a far more improved economic situation. Yeah, If all goes well, but that said, there are still risks. We don't know what the pandemic is going to do next.
0: Yeah, yeah. right.
1: Um, of course, we are all triple jabbed by now, but yeah. um, um, with the kind of variants that come up, we, we don't know, really. We
0: don't know what, if things could get, you know, Russia is still producing oil, and, and, and um, I know that Europe is still taking that oil i mean that that if they cut that off at all right now we still can't replace all of that um and prices of oil has slightly dropped although you don't see that on the forecourt yet Mm -hmm. hopefully you'll start to see that over the coming months but at home gas and electric we're expecting prices to go back to go up again in october because obviously that's the next review point and the costs since the last increase have increased even more. So yeah. um, we, I think people are going to have a really difficult winter in some examples. Um, and I know there's actually quite a lot of business owners now where people are making cutbacks.
1: Yes. Some business
0: owners are finding that people aren't buying as much because they've had to make other cutbacks elsewhere. Yes. So it, it, it's I think for a lot of people, you know, how long is this cost of living crisis going to last it we could roll into a, a sort of a on paper recession but it's not to me it doesn't feel like a normal recession and and when we was in the pandemic you saw the press oh, oh we're in a recession and I used to get really frustrated because we weren't in a recession we were in a global pandemic yes. and whereas so this year we could on paper slip into one but would you agree it wouldn't be like in normal circumstances that normally in a normal recession, if there is such a thing, because each recession does seem to be quite different, but um, they, it, we, they don't last, they maybe last, you're, you're in it for a couple of years, and it takes a couple of years for it to even back out. But really what you've described is actually, if we do fall into one officially, Actually, we could be out of it as quickly as we've come into it. So within a sort of a 12, 18 months period, we could be in it and back out again.
1: Yes, yes. So uh, I think, um, I I liked what you were saying about um, the the kind of time period we are in. It is anything but normal. It has not been normal for the last couple of years. It is extremely atypical, right? Uh, Because the pandemic is something that nobody uh, that I know has, has ever seen in their lives no. uh, and that and that has had such a, a ripple effect mm-hmm. on everything and it continues to do so. yeah, and we, are, we are actually still facing the aftermath of the pandemic for most yeah. part. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's the way to look at it. this is this is not driven by the regular what we call market cycle, right? where you have a period of growth, followed by a period of recession, followed by growth again. That kind of circular yeah. uh, cycle. We are actually in a, a very t- atypical environment. Yeah. But again, historically, we have come out of very very atypical situations as well. Um, I mean, the two world wars happened, for uh, for instance, and economies still thrived after that. Yeah. Right? Um, so actually, we can if it's not too debatable, we can look at the pandemic as a very silent war against people's
0: Yeah, yeah I get that, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, look,
0: yeah sorry, go on, what was you gonna say?
1: So, uh, so so, my point is that uh, I don't think we, uh, for that reason, just because we have not encountered something similar before, I don't think we should, we should feel too pessimistic. I think we have a lot of, uh, still we have a lot of resilience, um, uh, like for instance, Again, coming back to inflation numbers. Uh, now, let me get into a little bit of technicality. Typically, we look at what is called a year-on-year number, yeah. which is where where is the price index for now compared yeah. to what, what was the price level a year ago. Yeah, and we look at it every month. Now, if we look at the increase from one month to the other, so the latest data we have is for May. If we look at how much prices have increased uh, from April, we are actually seeing that the price increase the level of price increase has actually fallen
0: okay that's really promising
1: and that is actually fallen now there are also many other technicalities to it which might just be the reason for it but at the same time if i just look at the headline data it's a bit encouraging
0: yeah that's really good i can see that yeah
1: right so it, it could mean it could mean that some of the, the measures that have been put in place to bring prices down are actually working.
0: Yeah,
1: right? And also if you look at the, the GDP numbers again, grow, the economy is actually still growing yeah. totally. right? So So we are, we are not gloom and doom right now. No. We can still turn things around, right? Of course interest rates is one thing that has to rise. Uh, yeah. It has to stay elevated. Uh, government has to continue to provide support. Yeah. Um, uh, especially for families that are really struggling with high energy bills. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, um, w- without that, things will get challenging. Uh, and uh, we have to keep moving in the right direction as far as the pandemic is concerned. Um, otherwise, uh, we could fall back into difficult territory.
0: So it's, it's, it's we're we're on a tight line, but you're optimistic.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: And um, I'd love to come back. Um, just to some, one of the points you made, I recently looked at some a graph uh, and I shared it um, in one of my newsletters, actually, to one of one of my, my regulated side of my business, uh, and it had um, <clears throat> excuse me, had a graph of bull and bear markets. in um, going back 100 years um, to the First World War and the Second World War, um, the two or three recessions that we had in that period of time. And I'd I'd like you to describe um, those cyclical market changes that we typically have. But what I found really interesting is that the pandemic, the drop that we had in the pandemic in this graph was... You know at the time it felt major but actually on this graph it was quite minor compared to a world war ii yes um but even after world war ii the bounce back was incredible as you described yes but then in, you know the 08 and the 80s the market so we're talking about actual stock market in invest, investing uh, <clears throat> excuse me um was was really good so people were suffering there was like people losing their jobs you know high, high unemployment um, Low-income people really struggling, but the market still did actually really well. So, could you just talk a little bit about that?
1: About why markets would do even while, well, uh, yeah, the larger public can struggle. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think um, the the very interesting thing that happened during the pandemic is because a lot of people were working from home. And um, they probably had a lot of time at hand, much more, I know I did, uh, because there was just no going out. Uh, So you could research stocks more. So stock market investing activity actually increased significantly. And that was also because people were saving more than ever. Mm -hmm. So UK households saved the most they have in history, at least as a percentage of their incomes. And uh, where does all that saving goes? It goes into investments, right? Right. Um, so that it, that is partly what drove um,
0: that. But that, what about
1: back in the eighties,
0: for example, when the markets were? I mean, I don't know if you know the data because obviously, you know, you might have been in in um, India uh, studying yeah. back then. I don't know how old you are, um, <clears throat> but I just find it fascinating that the stock market returns were really healthy, but we are officially in a recession.
1: Um, so sometimes, you know, stock markets can also mm. be driven by pure liquidity, right? Right, which is, which is just money in the market. So for instance, if interest rates are really low, um, they can be borrowings made to invest in the stock markets. And also stock markets are driven by institutional investors significantly right? Your big funds. And they might still be healthy, even if the economy is not in the healthy place. So the stock markets and economy tend to be linked over time. But at certain points of times, you can find that they are completely unlinked. um, And we just don't know what's going, what's happening. So I I will give you an example again from the pandemic. Um, So real estate stocks, for instance, for a while, they did very well during the pandemic because there were policy announcements that uh, the stamp duty holiday, for instance, that led to a spurt in buying activity. Now, the housing market is a market that is very, very linked to the economy normally. But in this case, there was just completely linking because people suddenly, first, they were saving more. Second, secondly, there was a stamp duty holiday. So they thought, okay, let's just invest in houses now, right? Let's buy and sell houses um which and and typically in a recession what would happen or in a slowdown what would happen is uh, that people will have lesser money they would be putting off expensive purchases for a later date. house prices would actually come down
0: yeah
1: right so this is this was a very atypical situation
0: yeah um Um, yeah i saw what you're saying it's interesting um excuse me just had a mid coughing fit so i just thought i'd pause there for a second right um i always have have these little colds now and again and then i have a podcast and i think i'm i'm still going to i'm still going to do it i'm not going to give up just because i've got a cold and my voice might go um i can press pause so it's it's all good um i've really enjoyed what you shared with us today thank you so much i think it's really important that um my listeners and people like that, that follow me on social media that where we can, we share our knowledge so that um, more people can get informed because for anybody, regardless of what their financial situation is, but especially for those that are struggling, because if you don't understand what's actually going on around us and you're listening to people that maybe were alive in the recession and back in the eighties, for example, not necessarily of 08 um, in the UK, but their example and their experience of it could be 10 times different from another per- person, but also because um, you're then in a situation where you're feeding off that negativity and you're thinking it's going to be the same kind of outcome, than, or we're going to go into recession of what it would look like back then. And it's really not the case because, well, one, we've evolved as a society a huge amount. We're talking, you know, the 80s were 40-odd years ago it was 40 years ago um, things a lot has changed in that time and also the situation that we're in is like you've described it's not that economical sort of shift that happens every 10 to 20 years this is off the ripple effect off the back of the pandemic and a couple of other things that have then hit it at the same time yeah. so I think you're right to say optimistic and, I, and I, I, like, I like the fact that you are um but still we need to, yeah, the government have got a very tricky job right now to balance that and keep us on track.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. There are always risks, but there is always room to feel hopeful.
0: Definitely, and like you described previously, even if there is a period of, you know, a year or two where there is a little turmoil, um, it always bounced back. It always comes back on top and generally inflation and things grow. We want businesses to grow. We want inflation to grow that that's that's just how how money makes the world go round and that's just that's just part of how it works right
1: yes yes absolutely
0: lovely is there any um leading tip finishing tips or um lasting thoughts you want to leave
1: anybody from today um well i'd only like to say that we we are living through a hard time uh we know that and some more than others but um Sometimes it it can appear that it will go on forever, but we, sh- we should keep the faith.
0: Yeah, keep positive. It's
1: a hard time, I, I, get, I get that feedback from many people I talk to, um, but uh, we have to keep calm and carry on.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well I've really enjoyed you being on today Monika and maybe you can come back in a couple of months time or so and talk about what's happened um in the meantime maybe we can do a review at the end of the year and uh see what we're how things are for yeah. 2023. All right. Well thank you for joining us today um, I will say goodbye from me and Monika and thank you for joining us.
1: Okay thank you thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate
0: Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to
1: www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk